Welcome to the Girls Do That Too podcast. I am Hal. And I'm Eva. And together we are Girls Do That Too. So today I had the pleasure of talking to Charlie Deacon Davies. They are a producer, songwriter and artist who has worked on Gary Barlow's latest album. They co-wrote the title track for How To Build A Girl as well as continuing to perform as Dee Dee. We ended up talking a lot about our personal journeys of getting into the industry in a typically unconventional way but we also ended up talking quite a lot about finances um, which just sounds kind of boring saying it out loud but we both felt it was super important to talk about them in a transparent way. how are you yeah i'm i'm doing good literally just finished a session and then it's like bash. <laughs> okay so i think the first thing that i'd like to i don't say ask about because i wanted this to be really like informal just like a chat but you worked on gary barlow's new album his newest one i did I yeah did <laughs> so how was that because it's pretty amazing to have been able to say that you've done that thank you so much yeah it's been such a wild ride for the past two years really because um I started working there in like March of 2019 um and back then when I was hired in I was hired in as like a writer producer um but I didn't necessarily expect to be getting a cut on the album in the way that I did and it was really generous of him to like bring me on as a writer on the album um, yeah, I did did the track "Let's Get Drunk," which is like a really fun thing. I mean, ended up going to like, British Grove, and like on a song I wrote, there was an orchestra. <laughs> like, so, yeah. you said that you were like an assistant on it. Did did that come off from like things that you'd already done, or like producing yeah. and stuff? Yeah. So, like, my work on the album was like definitely just. Um, like was was a writer and I'd also like done some production and also just like played bass and guitar on a couple of the tracks on the album so I was brought in like I was working on the album but I cannot take like credit for like <laughs> Ryan and Gary are just like and James as well <laughs> um but I I got the job through um well I got it because back in the day back I was day. um <laughs> I, I won the European Pro Sound Award for Breakthrough Studio Engineer, which was really lovely. Um, and then I met Fraser T. Smith, and then Fraser T. T. Smith was like, yo, come to my studio. And then Manon Grandjean was there, and then we're friends. And she was like, oh, well, we're working on like a variety of projects. If there's anything that I think suits you, then I'll I'll pass it on to you. And I was like, cool, like not really expecting anything to happen. It's just, you know, it's, you just get used to it in the industry. People mm. say like, oh, I'll keep you in mind or whatever, but you just don't necessarily Never expect ex- to talk yeah. about it. You never and expect anything from it, like, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. And, it, and it's no like it's no hard feeling on the person that said they were going to do it. It's more just like life happens, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think like even like I don't think people I think people underestimate a lot about how 
because everyone always says that it's not who you it's no it's not what you know it's who you know um I think that's such a great example of that yeah well, I guess it's I think it in reality it's a combo because like knowing I got to know these people so knowing these people ended up landing the job because then Manon was working on Craig David's album with Fraser and then Gary was writing Craig David's album and so there was like this pool and he just did he just asked Manon if she knew anyone and I got put forward and then I got the job which is amazing but I didn't I didn't know any of these people outside of me getting to know them. So it mm. definitely is something you can build up your contact base to the point where you would yeah. get suggested this thing because you've been just, you've annoyed enough people at enough events <laughs> to remember who you are. Yeah. <laughs> so from this being like, I'm guessing it's like been your most recent big thing. Mm. Um, so when, how did you start out getting well, like... I think like I've always I've always been someone who's quite like really likes to do what I want to do um yeah. and so I ended up like basically getting kicked out of school when I was like 16 17 like I don't even have a levels which I you know <laughs> finished um but like, I didn't <laughs> um and I did I just started doing my my band because we left because we were we were working with Island Records and we thought we were going to be famous and everything you know the absolute classic like 16 17 year old yeah like just like I think they're gonna be famous <laughs> but um what it did do is meant that I got an incredible amount of exposure to working in different studios and uh like just understanding music production and songwriting in a way that I hadn't before and got to work with some really amazing people and at that point I was like this is everything like mm. this is just this is what makes me have such a drive and enthusiasm for songwriting and production so I kind of pursued it from that point and um ended up getting like some quite good credits and working on with some quite good artists just because I would just keep pushing for it and my mum also when I started doing music production so I guess this is like I'm very lucky to have this she just really backed me and I feel like quite a few people have had mummages in their time um <laughs> totally and, yeah and she she was just really um helpful and would just like help me get sessions and stuff like that like as in we would be at gigs or she would take me to gigs and we would go to open mics and find people to work with and stuff so it was it was really fun doing it that way around very from the mm. ground up <laughs> yeah it's kind of like in like traditional senses I guess it you're kind of different because you didn't necessarily follow that education way no. of doing it which do you think that kind of play to your advances or yeah I I think for me it personally did because I I had a geographical advantage of the fact that I live in Hertfordshire which is right by London so like mm. so easy to get to events and stuff so and I didn't I didn't study so I just spent that study time doing it and yeah. like because I got my I got my first studio job when I was 17 um at one of the studios that I had recorded at when I was younger like working in my bands so yeah. like it I just had a lot of first-hand experience straight out the gate and then yeah. I just wanted to do music production in my room and oh like and then ended up being in the shed in the bottom of the garden yeah. and like turned into like you know <laughs> the whole the whole thing that it ended up being and um I don't feel like education held me back, although I think it did in my confidence, mm. ironically. I don't think people would think I was underconfident, but like actually in the studio for, for yeah. a lot of years, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, mm. and I have no education to back it up. But then I found out it doesn't matter. You yeah. like, 
<laughs> Did it sound good? Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I think like there's so many different ways. Like I like I started uni in September and then made the decision to drop out because mm-hmm. I basically just wasn't getting much from it. And that was really quite scary at first because it was a bit like from the age of 11 everyone said that I'm gonna go to uni and get a degree and get a job so I think like hearing that it's it's kind of okay to not to not be doing that is really empowering thanks (laughs) I'm glad I'm glad that you have followed a path that you feel more comfortable with as well because I do think that that is I think I think uni or musical education like in further education can be useful if you a need to be near a bigger city and you Mm. you live far away from one so like it's just more useful if you're close to them and then the other is to give you access to resources that maybe you wouldn't be able to have but the reality is the course is useless like (laughs) like yeah it's purely what you make of it in my opinion Mm -hmm. I agree and I think like the big elephant in the room like COVID and stuff for the past year I think kind of maybe sped up that decision process because it was Mm. like if I'm doing what I'm doing now in COVID then I guess if like (laughs) do you know what I mean like like I found it quite useful this year for kind of doing like pushing myself to do more things like would you say Mm -hmm. that's the same for you or yeah well I guess I think it's an interesting I think I think age I've just, it's funny because I literally was just speaking to my friend Katie Ray like before we started I think age is a really interesting thing because I'm I'm 25 now and I turned 25 in June mm. um I think up until that point I had been well I still am grafting but like I had been hardcore grafting like every single moment every day like constantly pushing myself like burning out like everything to just try have some form of establishment like some form of thing that if I stopped doing this tomorrow people wouldn't instantly forget about me, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and I'm not saying yeah. who I am all the time now, but I do feel like I have enough of a, a pre- like enough of a presence that like I can just stop pushing for a day yeah. and things will still go forward. It's like, it was like I've got the car yeah. driving now. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that like up until then, I would say I was, yeah. I can't remember what the original question was and why I've gone on to this, but I oh, know you're saying <laughs> No, 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 sorry. Yeah. So I was saying, now I feel like I can relax a tiny bit more. Maybe that's so naive of me. And maybe mm. like other people who are older are like, no, this is, you can't relax. But it's like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not relaxing. I'm just, I'm just like doing yeah. work now. Like yeah. I'm, I'm putting down stuff. I'm working on only the stuff I want to do, which I definitely would have just said yes to everything when I started. Mm. Yeah, I think, I think like by doing that, I think from a mental health perspective, I think it's so much more healthy to kind of be able to focus on work but also know when to just take a step back Mm, yeah because I spent like four months like when lockdown first started I spent the first four months living with a family friend in the countryside and like that was just incredibly cathartic especially because (laughs) I had spent the previous year like hardball working for Gary like he's he worked such a high level and so much is expected of you which I love but Mm. to then suddenly have this break where I'm like oh my god like I could just take take a moment because I I I started when I was like 17 I'm doing production I literally felt like from age of 17 to 24 I never had a break Mm. like it's been nice it's yeah been nice to just press pause 
for a little bit. I know that's not the same for everyone though. But no. then at the back end, so then after the sort of like first lockdown into the second lockdown, that's when I was like, I want to get, I want to do me. I'm going to be, I'm not going to be working for Gary forever. Like I need to like sort loads of stuff out. And now I'm just having like the best time ever. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's so yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, I saw that also, I'm not, I'm not, I think, I can't remember when it came out, but you wrote the title track for How to Build a Girl. Yeah. Which is one of my probably top five books ever. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's that's so sick (laughs) yeah I did like an insta stalk earlier before doing this I was like oh shit that was so cool (laughs) so I think what I think what's really nice about that as well is it just that's something that came out of being like just hanging out with my friends because I I don't know like I'll just say because it's on the podcast anyway (laughs) (laughs) But it's like literally like um, me and Katie Ray, who's the other writer and producer on the track, um, yep. are literally like, we've been best friends for like years. Um, and we were just like hanging out one day and then she was meant to be doing a session with Girly in the afternoon or something. And then something got moved around or whatever. And basically I ended up being there. And the three of us were like, oh, well, what, why don't we just like work on the thing? And and she had just been asked by uh, Caitlin Moran if, if she could do this track. And then it was like, oh, well, this is a good combination of people to work on it. And so we just wrote it <laughs> that day. And then it got yeah. picked. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like I feel like when things happen so like out of the blue like that, they're often better than if you were expecting it to happen, if that makes sense. Yeah. It yeah. It's it was even like the thing something else I like loved doing that was so nerdy, which was the natural history museum thing. I don't know if you saw that, but for anyone who doesn't have context on this, <laughs> it's basically um, because because Gary had done a big live show at the Natural History Museum, one of the things that we had to do was um, record the reverb of the Natural History Museum so that then it could be mixed back in again to like make it have like a real. I mean, it, it was all real anyway, but like as in, yeah. it was just good to have the isolated reverb so we could like mix it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very rare that the Natural History Museum is ever empty, and so me and me and Ryan just got to go in there and just just do this amazing <laughs> thing where it's just uh, literally no one. Just us in the natural history. That's crazy. So was that like was that something that you did like over lockdown because there was no one there? Or Yeah, it was. Um it was yeah, but yeah, yeah, yes. (laughs) I don't know why that was so (laughs) Yeah, I feel like there's been like some weird opportunities that have come out of it. Like from the fact that like I said this to someone the other day, like it feels like you can't go outside to do anything so I feel like people put in more effort in like behind doors if that makes sense yeah definitely I I think it just because there's so much more room to think I think if you're kind of an ideas person you always kind of find ways to innovate and like come up with how to make the best of your situation especially musicians yeah, yeah. musicians will find a way like <laughs> What's this question like walking through a crack or something? Like yeah, they'll yeah. always be <laughs> Yeah. I guess so kind of moving on to something like kind of completely different, but love it. Yeah. <laughs> um so you well, I guess it's kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier about like traditional roots into the industry and stuff. Did you ever kind of get mentoring or anything kind of like that that helped 
with it or was it or was most of it just completely off your own back in my eyes most of it was off my own back but I'm sure I'm probably offending a few people (laughs) by saying that Um, I I feel like so much of the way that I did things, again, was driven from a perspective of, I like this thing, I'm going to pursue it further, rather than ever sitting down and, you know, having books on producers or anything like that. Like, I really, really wasn't bothered about other producers until, like, maybe, like, two years ago. Like, mm. I just sort of just live in my own life. So, um, I would say, like, Gary obviously was a huge mentor for the past two years, from, like, 23 to 25. Like, that was integral, yeah. like... So many things I learned from him and Ryan as well, who was his engineer. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't say I had like a direct mentor. Mm. Partly because I mean, like, if we're gonna if we're gonna go into like the whole gender thing, like yeah. there's not that many female record producers, and any of the ones that are out there are busy. Mm-hmm. They they're doing stuff, like, you know, and I, I think it's so impressive every time I do see people offering mentoring or whatever, because I just know how busy they are. Mm. Um so yeah, I, I would say that most of it was just done off like, I'm gonna have a go at this. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do it. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> well, that's cool though because like, I guess not many people can say that they've got that natural determination to just go out and do it. Yeah, it's it's weird and it's definitely a trait is in every single one of my friends that has pursued a full-time career in music and been able to live off it yeah it is it's it's literally like it's not even it's not a choice Mm. I think that's the thing it like me pursuing this doesn't feel like a choice like I could I could stop I could like I could go do any other job like I have a number one like there's no like I you know like if I was just chasing it for the accolades I wouldn't need to but it's like they aren't they're just like fuel Mm. but like they're not the reason I'm doing it, if that makes mm. sense. Yeah, for sure. I don't know yeah. why I do <laughs> <laughs> like forcing myself these ridiculous hours. Yeah. So, like, off the back of that, is like, would you, if you knew someone that was wasn't sure, like, how to get into the industry and wasn't sure what kind of route would suit best them which what kind of advice would you give someone yeah well what my usual advice was slightly pre-covid but I still think is applicable in the energy that it is and you can mix and match it is um just a I'm gonna saying from Nike just do it um (laughs) (laughs) but the way the thing that you do is you come up with the thing that you want to promote. So say, for instance, you say you're a writer-producer. You want to get something that represents you the best as a writer-producer, whether it's a website or your Instagram or just some body of collection. It's not, it's, I guess it's like a CV, but I've never been asked for my actual CV. Um, you get that together and you know what you are providing. So then you then can contact people and be like, oh, let's do a writing session, whatever. Here is my credentials. Like mm. maybe not in that. You need to like gauge their interest first. Do not just lead with your credentials. <laughs> um, like, and then start building up that way and like start charging. For, not for, so it's so weird in the industry. You don't really charge for songwriting. You charge for production, but you don't charge for songwriting. Even though I'd say songwriting is like so labor intensive. Mm. Um, say we're going to go production here. Just, just make sure you start charging something. 
because even if it's in your village it's in your town or something money starts to be generated within the ecosystem of that thing so it means that you then can pay for a session musician to do something and then that session musician's got money to then pass on to like the bat like to, to pay for the drink to go to the gig to like whatever yeah. so it's like although or you know properly do a skill swap like truly make sure you're getting something out of it but like just don't undervalue yourself because yeah. you, you'll get better because if you're thinking oh god i'm charging 100 pounds for this thing and i don't think i'm good enough to charge that much mm. you will get good at that. <laughs> like you will get yeah. good at that fast <laughs> like yeah is that is that something that you've learned just from kind of doing it from such a young age or has there been some times where you've kind of maybe like missed out on stuff um I mean I'm sure there's huge gaping holes in my knowledge or like experiences um from doing that do you mean as in like on a business front or do you mean as in like because I was doing that with my teen years (laughs) um I think (laughs) I think like on a business front okay yeah I mean turning you really do have to weigh up like doing things for free or not and I think that there is an advantage to doing some sessions for free if you think that it is going to you know disproportionately give you an advantage for exposure and it's really hard one to weigh up like I don't think Mm. things should be as free as often as they are but when you're starting out just having credits makes a huge difference like I did balcony tv for two years for free because everyone was doing it for free but like I ended up having some really cool situations and I ended up like recording Jacob Collier on Rupert Grint's penthouse (laughs) route you know like there there are times where you just have to weigh up what you you think the experience or the exposure is over the financial gain of turning down the opportunity Hmm. it's a hard one though I still struggle now yeah I I think like from doing that I think as well the whole big question of like is working freelance worth it like which is kind of similar to what we were just saying about kind of knowing your worth and Mm. I think that the idea of working freelance is kind of it feels like an unknown entity I think especially when you're young and starting out and especially if you haven't followed that traditional route and you basically just want to start working I agree I think it can be intimidating but when you start to have systems in place you kind of begin to understand I mean like a really a really good tool that I kind of used for the thing is sorry okay so if you are if you are charging money people view you as a more legitimate person because you are legitimate so that instantly just gives you value it gives motivation it gives everything so when you charge people there are people who will pay for it assuming you are not awful and if people are not paying for it you're either charging too much or you're not good enough so that, that's like a really good way to like mm. see why <laughs> yeah um, but the yeah. other thing is to to justify charging people i often suggest like having like a price sheet and it's like there's like so when you're having a conversation about money or charging people there's three people in the room even though there's two there's you the artist and the price sheet and like you'll be like oh the price sheet says it's this much and they're like oh okay well either I'm happy to pay that or like I think it should be lower and then you're like okay well I can't because that's the rules that's like Mm -hmm. how low it is or it's like oh yeah I can do you a rate or whatever and it's and it's like the price sheet is the 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 evil person or whatever and you're you're not having the conversation like 
and you can keep mm. that dynamic between you two that's like comfortable and not awkward that's how yeah. I yeah I think and it works yeah I think that's a good way of doing it because it just makes it really clear from the get-go like you don't have to have those awkward conversations halfway down the line and stuff like it's all just super clear from the beginning yeah oh and always I, do, I can't believe how much like I'm talking about finance but I do think it's <laughs> people that want to do this as a career like you do have to earn money off it so I, I think talking about finance up front is so much better because mm-hmm. a yeah, they either they, they don't want to be overcharged and be like if there's something wrong with it or something's gone awry down the line, you have an open channel of communication where if it's all like hush, hush, you might end up losing work. And then none of that person's friends will ever want to work with you because it was like awkward about the money or like whatever. It's just like, just, just be open. (laughs) You'll be fine. Like it's what makes this bloody world go round. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Mm. Um, yeah, that's a lot about finance and not that much about music I guess <laughs> no. <laughs> no I think like like I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes down to things like that because I find that really interesting and like I think it's just just good to hear because I feel like people always don't understand how important it is until it matters and then it's mm-hmm. a bit like oh shit what 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 <laughs> yeah and another, another thing that I just think it's really helpful. And I, I thought this was so funny that Kate, Katie Davini, I think, you know, oh yeah, you know yeah. Katie. Um, yeah. She did a tweet the other day when she was an audio media magazine or whatever. And it was about advice that she'd been given. And um, she she like added me because I had told her when we were at like an Abbey Road event or something, I was like, get QuickBooks. Like it, it was really good because you can send off your invoices and they look so professional. And then you just swipe left and right on all your expenses. And like, as a self-employed person, I, I cannot, like, I cannot explain how much time and money it saves to have, like, you don't have to have QuickBooks, but mm. do it. As soon as you've even considered, like, earning money, sort it out, because it's such a ball lake to fix afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be my other bit of advice. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> good advice to have. Music. <laughs> <laughs> like, do it at the production might help. Like. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, so was music something that you were always like interested in from a young age? Yeah, I am. Um, I I don't know if it's because I'm actually like m- more like I'm a bit more spec like on the spectrum than I realize. But like, um, and I, I mean that as a positive. That is not an insult yeah. or like you know, I, I, I genuinely mean it. Yeah. Um, because when when I was younger, I couldn't listen to music. Like, I just I really didn't like music. And I got my first guitar when I was 11. And I didn't want to learn any covers. I hated other people's music. And I was like, I'm just going to write my own songs, of course. <laughs> so then I just started writing songs. And, and there were other people in my school. I was really lucky because, like, um, yeah, there were other students that played other instruments at the school. And so when I was 11, I just, like, ra- rallied up a bunch of my friends, like a drummer, a singer, a bassist, and a pianist. Uh, and, and then um, we just all... We just we just made a band and we we're called Loud Wednesdays because we <laughs> Loud Wednesdays. On Wednesdays and they were loud. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a cool name for like I think my first band was called something like Starworks or something <laughs> like <laughs> Oh no. Know. Loud Wednesdays is a much better first mm. band name. <laughs> Thank you though. That's cool that you were doing how old were you when you did your bands? Was it like a, a um, young insult? I mean, 
like I started playing guitar when I was like seven. Um, so, and like I did my first recording session, I think when I was like 12 or 11, because we had mm-hmm. like a family friend who kind of ran a studio and that was like my Christmas present one year. So obviously yeah. like got a CD of 11 year old me just singing some really depressing folk songs. <laughs> But, oh, so good. <laughs> but so I guess it was from there but mm. there weren't many like I think when I got to secondary school that was when I kind of really wanted to be in a band um but there wasn't actually that many people that played instruments so yeah. it was kind of like I want to start a band but there's no one here so I just waited until college really when you got yeah. to college yeah um so I was in one with uh, a couple of boys it was just like indie stuff and then I started a new band um with two girls which was like instantly so much better like I always yeah um <laughs> which was kind of more like indie grunge which was kind of the way that I wanted to go <laughs> I think it is it is different working with different people like mm-hmm. like uh, my my loud Wednesdays bands with all boys and then the next band I had after that called the folk um were all girls and the energy was just so different <laughs> like, yeah I second that like it's so weird it's it was kind of refreshing because for most of my life I'd always been like with the lads basically and it was just so yeah refreshing to be able to play and write music and play gigs and stuff yeah so yeah that's good because it's like you're not fighting for your voice in the same way like you're not having to feel like I had to I feel I feel like I feel weird like I feel like I fall weirdly on the gender spectrum anyway because I don't feel like completely like a cis woman but Mm. like I think that's probably why I I fit in so well with the boys until I was like a teen and then it just becomes so obvious like even if you were a tomboy when you were younger like you're you are a girl in their Mm. eyes at that point and it just changes everything and then yeah yeah, when you hang out with other I think that's like this whole thing that like teenage girls are really bitchy and I mean there is an element of that but I don't think they're worse than boys no like, I've <laughs> never thought that like <laughs> I think it's a narrative that's spun on tv and like books and everything but like actually in real life you just have like fucking solid friends <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I second that <laughs> like <laughs> oh my god but yeah also I'm aware I just swore like oh, it's chill <laughs> it's fine <laughs> we just have to be like this is not suitable for children <laughs> the irony if we're trying to get young people into it I mean I'd be impressed if an 11 year old is listening to this like that's I want true. that's true although I'm not sure if you've seen like on Instagram I can't remember what her name is I th- but she's like 11 and she plays drums um, oh, yeah. I can't remember what her name is but she's in like duets with like Dave Grohl and like, I've seen this yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I don't know what I would have done if I was that cool at 11 like it's gonna be really hard though because it's like quite a young peak mm. like 
I think that like puts a weird pressure on you. Like mm, this is so totally. insane because this happened in my twenties. But like with winning with winning some of the awards that I had won, like I'd won some songwriter awards and stuff like that, like in my late teens, early twenties. And it's like at that point, people all other all the other people my age are still studying. Like they're not even they're not even got their first session yet. And I'm winning these awards. So there's yeah. this like really yeah. weird pressure that like I have to be outstanding or like in my career I have to like completely blow out of the water because I've been given such good you know opportunities or I've got such good things at a young age and mm. it's a weird weird pressure yeah have. I agree like last year when like COVID and everything kicked off I was in my second year of college and I got the internship at Come Play With Me which ended up me becoming a label assistant yeah. which was so weird because it was That's... like everyone around me like people that I'd met on the uni course they were like I'm just here to learn about music business because I like music mm. and it's like you said it's like this weird feeling that you've just got to be constantly at that same level yeah how are you finding it oh it's amazing like I love working there like there's yeah. such love lovely people and like I met I first met Tony who's obviously the the main guy when I was like 14 at a music conference or something because it was <laughs> like because <yeah. laughs> like I'd gone with mum and it was a family friend running it and he came up to us and was like we need what we need some more people for this speed dating so he basically like just pushed us to do that and then that's how I met Tony which was just so weird <laughs> that so much I know it's like because I was only maybe like 14 or something mm. and now I'm working with him <laughs> that's so incredible but I think it just you know shows your drive and determination that you like really wanted to do that and also I, I didn't know that you were gonna study music business at uni which I think is a is is a good one to mm. study you're gonna have to, to study one subcategory yeah. like <laughs> music business makes yeah. sense but it's still you need to push for it yeah well that was the idea of like going for it because I was like because I'd never really wanted to be like an artist and I did music production at college and I kind of just started going to more putting on gigs kind of side of it rather than the recording and stuff as much as I enjoyed that um so it kind of made sense but then from like the six months of working at Come Play With Me and stuff I just learned so much that kind of trumped what I was gonna get from uni yeah but I I feel like when you yeah when you've got an opportunity like that that does trump uni that's like the actual that's the job like you go to uni to get that Mm. so you already got it (laughs) 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 um cool Thank you for listening to the Girls Do That Too podcast. I was going to ask you about. If you'd like to see more about what we're doing, then follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Girls Too and check out our website. I guess the.